0: You're listening to The Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast hosted by Joe Hunter on The
1: Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Uh, the cutest story ever. It's amazing. And this is for all of you who are struggling through maybe the middle school years for your kids or grandkids or maybe this is the teen years, you know. Every every age bracket's a challenge. Well, one of these days they're going to be adults and all of that praying and all of that loving is going to pay off. And my youngest is, well, in his 20s. (laughs) And he decided to come over one day this past week. He wanted to come and make dinner and bring it over to my wife and I. And so it was really cool. We're all kind of like, well, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, kind of thing. But he cooks, no doubt about it. But casseroles, wow. So he comes over with his girlfriend. He's cooked a, we told him we, we wanted a rice and chicken casserole. That was one of the menu items. And so he, big, big plate of it. Very good, of course. You have to be careful not to season it too much for us. All that kind of stuff. He was very careful. But the funniest moment really came. It was sitting on the stove, cooling off a little bit, we're talking. And then my wife was looking at it, getting ready to put the big spoon in it. And he goes, Uh, You may want to stay on the the, this side over as he's pointing. This side over here is probably going to be the best one. Awesome. (laughs) Encouraging you on your ride to work. Whoa, get you going this morning, right? Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life. I can tell you something that's amazing. It's absolutely a true story. You're going to think it's a parable. It's about the professor giving a test. Professor was cheating. (gasps) What? And happened back in the 1960s. Dr. Robert Rosenthal, he went into this elementary school, the Oak School, gave the students a test that he claimed was measuring something called blooming intelligence. He called in the teachers to share the results, but he left one key detail. He made the whole thing up. He randomly chose the students, faked their test scores, and pretended that those students were smarter than they were. When he returned a year later, he asked to review all the student test scores and what he found nearly knocked him over. The students he randomly selected, the ones he told the teachers were about to bloom, had in fact risen to the top of their classes. Just to be sure that the data was correct, he then gave these same kids an IQ test. Their IQ had gone up an average of 9 points or higher than the rest of their peers in just a year. By the internalizing, by excuse me, by internalizing the fact that their teachers believed in them, the students were able to improve and grow. That's incredible. Great leaders believe in the people they're leading. Believe in the people you're leading. Try it.
0: The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. He'll put a smile on your face no matter what side of the bed you got up on.
1: Love the the uh, places that share stories. And this is a grandma, Sharon, she's talking about her eight-year-old granddaughter. And I get a lot of this. This is really cool eight-year-old granddaughter set up a stand on her street corner to have a quote art sale from her drawings and painted rocks she made fifty (laughs) dollars the next day i was telling her mom about the latest on selling our little rental home you know the inspections on the plumbing the mold the roof all the stuff that goes into that this sweet little eight-year-old leaned into her mama and whispered that she wanted to give grandma $5 to help with the house repairs. And grandma's like, see, she gets it. Helping friends and family in their time of need is exactly what we need more of in this world. And you're bringing more of it in this world because you're exactly like that. And our fall fundraiser just (laughs) proved it. The Cup
0: of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. He is that morning person.
1: Well, here we are back when Ronald Reagan was running for president to meet the press. Top journalists all sitting around the table. I saw it with my own eyes talking about different topics that were going to be hot issues. How about abortion? Nah, that's all. That's legal. That's all settled. We're done. That's old. Boy, they couldn't have been more wrong about that, could they? It's more of a topic than ever. And it's very divisive. But I bring in Mr. Scott Klusendorf. He's been in the area uh, speaking at pro life banquets and such. And this time of the year, we have walks for life. You know, pregnancy support centers are just doing an unbelievable, fabulous job. They have about one and a half employees and 40 volunteers. God bless you guys. He is the president of Life Training Institute, author of a couple of book or a book called The Case for Life. And that's what I wanted to just just take a minute, Scott, is and explain the situation and it may settle it in your spirit, in your heart, because you may be torn between, which way do I go with this issue, Scott? And there's a reason why this debate is so divisive right
0: now. And all of us need to be aware that the abortion debate is not about a surgical procedure. It's not about choice and who decides. It's not about trusting women. It's not about forcing one's morality. It's about one question that is dividing our nation right now. And this question is why you see states like Illinois, New York, Connecticut, and Vermont running away from any protection for unborn children, and states like Georgia, Ohio, Missouri, and other states passing laws to protect them. Here's the question we are divided over. Who counts as one of us? And every one of us, Jim, have to know how to step up and make the case that the unborn count as one of us. And we're following the command of Scripture, 1 Peter 3.15, to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. We're to do that graciously, but persuasively. Your morning dose of encouragement, the Cup of Joe Morning Show
1: on The Sound of Life. Forgive me if I come across like I'm teaching or something, but I just found this out, and this is really cool, and it illustrates... Uh, the fact that Jesus was very specific and targeted in the things that he did and the, and and that he said and sometimes what it's recorded that he did to us doesn't really make any sense like when he spit on the ground when the Pharisees who were pretty much watching everything that he did about the blind man he was a blind man and you know he, he remember that about that, spitting on the ground. It's like, what was that all about? Well, I'm going to tell you what that was all about. First of all, you need to understand that you find out in the text, it's in uh, the Bible, in the Gospel of John in chapter nine. And you find out that his parents were from Jerusalem. Now, you have to know, well, remember after he was healed, his parents were summoned to the synagogue to be questioned about the healing of their son. And they said, well, he's a grown man. He can tell you. Whatever, right? So here's the law. The Jewish law was that if a child was disabled, blind, that when they were 13, the parents could disinherit them. This man had been disinherited. That explains why they were questioned Right, he's. Then they said, "Well, he's of legal age; he can answer for himself." Explains all that. See, and I always thought that does seem a little funny, doesn't it? And here, so here's the Pharisees watching him, and uh, so you should know that this blind man, it, and that's one of the reasons Jesus healed a lot of blind people, and that's the reason it's still important today because there's a lot of residual thoughts about that, right? Who sinned, right? That's what the Pharisees asked Jesus. But he was treated as an abomination. And when people passed by him, they would spit on the ground. And when Jesus approached the blind man, he asked the question, who had sinned? He also spit on the ground. That act of spitting on the ground had deep meaning. He was showing the blind man that the sounds of saliva that he had heard all his life would end up being the key to healing his emotional and above all, physical health. See, the reason Jesus spit on the ground was to reveal that the greatest wound and source of pain for that man was not the blindness. It was having been disinherited by his parents. Before healing his physical disability, Jesus wanted to heal the wounds of his soul.